Hey, everybody. Welcome back in another episode. Bleeding, Claret and Cobalt, Trey Fitzgerald, Ryan Hale here with you. Down to the wire. Two games left. Six points on the table. Amazingly, RSL still controls its destiny if it captures all six. You can't get six unless you get three. You got to get the three at LA Galaxy Saturday night. Dignity Health Sports Park, formerly known as the Home Depot Center. And the good news, RSL has won more games in that building than any other road venue. Nine against the Galaxy, six against Chivas USA, a long, sordid history. Um, We'll get into that and much, much more. But today's episode is highlighted by a nice little sit-down we had with RSL head coach Pablo Mastroeni. We'll talk playoffs. We'll talk big picture. Uh, we'll talk a lot of life, philosophy, and much, much more right here. Bleeding, Claret Cobalt. Hey, guys, just a big shout out to our friend Adam Sessions and One Wire Fiber. We would not be able to bring you Bleeding Claret and Cobalt every week, every month without their great support. So you wouldn't want all your RSL news information coming from some distant out-of-state people that don't care about this community. So why would you rely on your voice, video, text for business coming from one of these big companies that literally don't care about you. If you don't own a business, but your friends do, your family does, you got to reach out to these guys because the level of customer service, of support, attention to detail from OneWire Fiber is immense. And we all know how fast the world is moving these days. If our phones, our computers, if our connectivity is not functioning properly, you just feel completely stuck in the water. And Adam and OneWire Fiber, they will figure it all out for you so you don't have to. The number one, W-I-R-E dot C-O, OneWire Fiber, they will take care of you. They care about this community. They care about this club, and they care about you. All right, everybody. Trey Fitzgerald, Ryan Hale here with you. Before we get to Pablo, Ryan, obviously it's as much a must-win as it can be this weekend against the Galaxy, RSL falling now into eighth spot. The only team I think RSL can win a tiebreaker with, barring like some historic 5 6 nothing win, uh, would be Portland. We see Portland in two weeks, but for that tiebreaker to come into effect or for that Portland match to really matter, you got to get at least one uh, against the Galaxy with help. It's a lot cleaner and easier to think about and to harbor hopes of a 12th playoff berth in 15 years if you go get three on the road Saturday night against the Galaxy. And that's not going to be easy because Chicharito and Ricky Puish have been amazing uh, over the course of the last month as the Galaxy have really made a nice run, I think vaulting themselves from 10th to 5th in the West. Still very tight. Uh, RSL, Seattle, Vancouver, uh, Nashville, uh, Minnesota, all kind of Portland, all sort of stumbling along in the galaxy have taken advantage of that. So once again, it's going to go down to decision day. We hope um, a tie or a loss in L.A. doesn't eliminate RSL, but it makes us heavily dependent on other results. The biggest game of the weekend, obviously Minnesota plays a game Saturday night. Portland Timbers 
playing LAFC in a Sunday afternoon, midday, uh, nationally televised match on ABC. That's going to be the big one uh, that's going to really set the table for decision day uh, in Sandy at America First Field on the 9th. But, again, I don't want to look too far ahead. We just got to get three against the Galaxy. Um, you've got your six international guys back in Diego Luna, Jefferson Savarino, uh, Sergio Cordova, Brian Oviedo, Brian Ojeda, and Rubio Rubin. Everybody got back into town middle of this week, uh, coming from far across the globe. Oviedo, I think, had the longest uh, travels coming from South Korea, where the Costa Rica camp was, in a couple games. Um, Cordova and Savarino coming from Austria. They were in Vienna. Um, so, obviously, the other guys had the Atlas game, which we haven't really uh, looked back at, and maybe we don't need to, obviously – that Aaron Herrera 78-yard goal was pretty special. But hopefully there's some bright spots from that Atlas game for whether it's Herrera, whether it was um, – I thought Bodie Hidalgo might have been RSL's man of the match. Axel Kai gets his kind of first-team debut, albeit not in an MLS game. But he looked very athletic and very strong and certainly looked uh, much more advanced than his 14 and a half years in that game. And, uh, some, there were some other bright spots. There were some low lights, uh, as well, but all those things now go into how does RSL go get three points against the galaxy? You're a California, uh, a homegrown, uh, Southern California guy. I don't know how much galaxy you've been able to watch in, in recent weeks, but, um, it seems like it all flows through Chicharito and, uh, Ricky push the, uh, Barcelona, very young Barcelona player that was slated to make $4.5 million with Barcelona this season. They had to shed some salary on their books, so the Galaxy swooped in with um, you know, a pro-rated midseason, I think probably TAM deal. A lot of people asking questions about how that gets done. I think he's sacrificing some short-term cash for a big long-term um, contract, and, and he's scored goals he's assisted on goals he's really made that offense uh pick up several notches to the benefit of the galaxy one of the things though when you're looking at this especially galaxy right now um and it's just the whole mls of it all i guess uh they're in the same boat that rsl's in right now i mean maybe they have a little bit more they they have a little more destiny in their hands right now with the points that they have and the games and the you know the tiebreakers but uh but it is like you think all, you, you list all those names and all the things that it is. It is pretty intimidating when you when you take a look at a, a Galaxy roster um, and look at some of the results that they've had this year. It is intimidating to look at that. But th that's a team that has been ultimately, I mean, at best, flawed this year. So it's like there's there's some things that it's not easy to be a Galaxy fan. Um, I've never really been a Galaxy fan, even though I would, my first my first MLS experience back in '96, I think, was at the Rose Bowl with uh, Kobe, oh, wow. Kobe Jones and okay. And uh, Valderrama and the whole yeah the whole crew was there. Actually, Valderrama was for Miami, right? I think that was the game that was playing. Yeah, so, yeah he could maybe, he could have been the opponent. Would who else would have been playing on the field? He was with Tampa that year. Tampa, okay, Tampa. Um, Kobe Jones. Um, oh my gosh, I'm just blanking on guys' names right now. And maybe we'll, we'll take a dive back into old yeah. MLS. Mauricio Cienfuegos. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, um, Jorge, Jorge Campos, Campos was yeah. the goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah, he had a he had an amazing shirt on that day too. Andrew Shue, 
Andrew Shue, the Melrose, Melrose place. place superstar. Actually, I do have a story about that one. Uh -oh. I don't know if this is a place, but uh, I went to a uh, open tryout for LA Galaxy. It was kind of like a publicity stunt before MLS season started. Okay. And uh, like I, there was a million people there. Was it was at a park in in downtown LA? Maybe a little bit. Maybe it wasn't downtown. Maybe it was more in Pasadena. I don't know. It was a long time ago. It was kind of like reality showy because mm, cause yeah. the whole thing was he was going to try out. I mean, like looking back now, I can kind of see the, the production well, of it all. And Andrew Shue had played at Dartmouth. Yeah, so that was the so thing. He had like some he was, pedigree. So he was. So I mean, of the the, I mean, this park. Like imagine like just a big city park, just jam full of people. It was a huge yeah. event, and they were running people through like drills and stuff. And I was part of that. I went through some of the drills okay. there. I don't even know who the people were around me. There, there yeah. was a couple of guys that I knew, but uh, but there was like a camera crew following um, Andrew Shue. Andrew Shue, and so um, he. I think he was the only one they took from. I think I mean, it seems like looking at it from this, yeah. day, but but it was funny. I was there when that happened. He was That's, seated. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So it was a. Uh, MLS goes back a long time. MLS got some history, so let's a lot not... of history. <laughs> Maybe in the off season we can explore yeah, some of that. Yeah. History. So, um, but not to get too deep into that. I think this season, though, um, you know what we're learning from this. This, I mean, obviously, the the margins are so razor thin. I think that I mean, just going back and looking through the history of this podcast this last couple of weeks, you know, it's like, I mean, we it wasn't very long ago that we were talking about how you know what the point what what RSL's place in the standings meant as far as like playoff seating yeah. and how much that's changed with a string of maybe, let's just say four games, I think is like been like, if yeah. the, I think the last I think four we've games. we've lost four of our last five yeah. with the draw. And we're just talking yeah. about like a few points in those. And we're just, I mean, that's how, that's how different this, that's how up and down this, this season has been for this club. Yep. For this, I mean, just, I mean, the Western conference has been all over the place. Everybody's yeah. had a chance on top. Everybody's been at the bottom minus, you know, one or two teams. But I mean, think about like that, but, what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at here is uh, if yeah. you needed points and have to go through LA, this is the time, I yep. think, right now. Go, looking back at the Atlas game, I like I, I, it was great to see a lot of those players. I think we were anticipating seeing a lot of players that we haven't seen in RSL mm -hmm. shirts on the field. Yeah. Um, love seeing um, love seeing Herrera taking shots. That guy can shoot from anywhere. <laughs> uh, but that there was some fun stuff to watch there. It was interesting to see Atlas in, in town. It was... Yep. It was uh, you know the, the energy that changes and the shift of energy that changes in the stadium when yeah. there's a team from a different league in the in sure. the building. Um, very interesting. The the, the the soccer culture of Salt Lake is fascinating too, which is one of the things you don't get a full view of just when you come to an RSL game. There's right. there's so much there's so much nuanced and like yeah, there was a lot more Atlas fans than I expected. Um, I don't know a lot about the history of that club. They're considered kind of a elitist uh, Mexican club. They are the bicampeón, which means they've won a couple different championships in, in the recent year. Um, they did fire their coach the day after the game. Um, I joked on Twitter that somebody should probably put together a list of the coaches that have uh, been fired the day after an RSL game. Dunny was pretty snarky on Twitter because uh, Mike Pecky's last game was also a League's Cup uh, showcase game uh, three years ago. So, um Look, Aaron Herrera's bomb made it onto highlight reels everywhere around the world that night. Uh, hopefully, we can get Aaron in consideration for the Puskas Award, which is the, you know the goal of the year worldwide. We um, have in the in the window or in the in the umbrella of the club, we do have a Puskas, right, with Amy Rodriguez, didn't she? Oh, she that's has, a good question. I, I think she she either won or she was a finalist with okay. the goal that she had against oh man it was a similar though it was a, it was a long distance bomb i, I think can, I so remember that now. um yeah. but yeah so there i mean not to say that like not to <laughs> no ourselves never ourselves never been in that consideration and so it'd be cool if like if we could get a you know a, a goal like aaron's yeah. is the kind of goal that wins a Puskas and there's goal, only so. been a couple mls goals that have ever yeah. been nominated as well um 
you know, look, I, and we'll hear some of this from Pablo, uh, coming up on the, on the rest of the pod today, but, um, you know, there is still hope. There is optimism. There is, uh, and it doesn't feel false to me, Ryan, you know, like, I guess you can always worry that people are just putting a, a good face on and trying to put lipstick on a pig. I think there is a certain sense of disappointment as we, again, you talk about Cincinnati game, you know, you miss a PK that could put you up uh, two nothing. Um, or might've been two one. That seems like forever ago. Uh, you know, a zero zero home draw against DC United that you feel like you should have won. Um, blown leads against Vancouver against Colorado, Toronto earlier in the year, zero zero home game against um, Columbus. Like even if you just get half of the home points that you feel like you dropped, like Saturday's game, you're playing for home for a home field playoff game. Um, but this is the bed we've made as we talk about with Pablo. Hopefully you learn lessons uh, from those earlier games and then you find a way um, to peak at the right time. That's what every team wants to do. This club did it a year ago. Uh, a lot of those guys that, that were massive factors in that playoff run a year ago are still here. Anderson Julio, Justin Miram, um, Andrew Brody, Aaron Herrera, Justin Glad, Marcelo Silva, uh, Pablo Ruiz. Um, you know, Jefferson Savarino's back. He actually had a couple goals in the 2019 playoffs, which was the last time we did have a home playoff game. So, um, there's no Bobby Wood. There's no Demir Krylock. Obviously, those guys were both instrumental a year ago. So who's going to fill those shoes? That's what we're waiting to see. And, um, you know, one of the kind of quirky things is Demir's goal at Kansas City, the Demiracle, um, 15 seconds or whatever it was from the end of the season last year, allowed us to win the tiebreaker with the Galaxy. So that goal basically knocked the Galaxy out of the playoffs last year. Um, obviously, we have a lot of history with the Galaxy winning MLS Cup 2009 in a shootout. Um, I think we knocked them out of the playoffs also in 2013 on our way to that MLS Cup uh, final. But they've knocked us out of the playoffs three times, uh, 2011, 2014, 2016. Uh, some of those have been very, very ugly. But um, like I said before, we've won a lot of games in that building in our history. doesn't matter. Different group. But, uh, you know, all the international guys, even the new ones, Ojeda, Oviedo, um, this is why they're here, is to come step up and seize the big moments. And all 90-plus minutes on Saturday are going to be considered big moments, and, and we'll see what uh, what RSL can do to hopefully snap this winless run. Um, I think this is the fourth time this year now that we've gone a month in between wins. Um, that's rough, and that's pretty amazing to be able, if you look at our record since June 1st, I think we're four four wins, seven losses, seven draws. Uh, that's four wins in 18 games in Major League Soccer competition. And the fact that we still control our destiny, I guess, is a testament to how good our start was. I think we were 7-3-3, three, and three. and then also a testament to... You know, the marathon season that's a roller coaster ride for everybody except really LAFC this year. All right, without any further ado, let's hear RSL boss Pablo Mastroini.
So Pablo, like I think what we want to start on today is just uh, after the Cincinnati loss, your message to the team was win two games. And it is kind of amazing, I think, if you look at the bigger picture that after all the trials and tribulations, like we still control our destiny if you go get six points from L.A. and Portland. So kind of where's the group at? Obviously a little bit of a stunt, I guess, with the international break and the Atlas game, but some young guys really showed something in that. And, you know, the guys, the six guys that were out representing their countries all, I think, looked uh, pretty good from what I could tell. And, and now you, here we are on the eve of L.A. trying to go get it done. Yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been really interesting the last probably month and a half where I've said after most post games we played some really good stuff and unfortunately we just can't get the result and you know there there's a lot of moments that are completely controllable where I felt like early on we managed those moments better you know and 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 the breaks like not being able to score the PK you know conceding on a, on on a corner here and there uh, these are all pre preventable moments. And I think the biggest thing that's been plaguing us is creating a slew of opportunities in the Cincinnati game. I think we had 11 shots inside the 18. And statistically, for every six you have, it should be a goal. Um, and for whatever reason, it's just eluding us, you know. And, and we're not giving up a lot, but yet we're conceding. And so we're, we're kind of getting – the 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 short end on both inside both boxes um but i i think the the most important thing is um the resolve of the group to go in after not getting results and still put forth a valiant performance still execute the game plan um and i and i think that's that's all i can ask you know the the one thing that is the most difficult is to score goals um and that that's been our biggest you know our biggest problem, uh, for lack of a better word, um, in these last few games. And, and when you put that much pressure of not scoring goals on the defense to keep goals out, you know, the dam's going to crack at some point. So for us going into L.A., I think we have a, a good game plan. I think we have guys, and, and like you said, we have guys now, six guys that went with their national teams, the, the level of the group. You know, maybe it came a little bit too late as far as the uh, – you know the guys for different reasons, um, but but I feel like the guys are coming back after good performances with their national team. We got everyone ready to go. Um, there's going to be some tough selections for the roster, given that uh, we've we've improved, um, you know, the roster. And so I'm excited about this opportunity. Uh, I think we play for moments like this. Uh, most teams' playoffs start a couple weeks from now. Our, our start this weekend. Yeah. Um, kind of a high class problem, right? To have selection issues after all the yeah, <laughs> all the the roller coaster ride this year and the it, injuries. It is, it is, uh, it is from a playing perspective, and and I think that's what the misnomer is. Like, ah, oh, that's a good problem. Well, it is from a playing perspective, yeah. difficult from a managing perspective, yeah. right? Because there's obviously a couple guys that have maybe played a bulk of minutes early on in the season that carried the baton mm. when we were getting good results sure. that may not be featuring now. And that's always hard to to have them understand where you're coming from as a coach or a coaching staff. Um, and having been a player, 
it's hard to even communicate that because what you did here helped us get to where we are. But currently, this player is performing at a at a higher level only because maybe he wasn't even here for the first six months. And yeah. you're, the, the steps that you, all the steps you put forth here have now put you in a state of fatigue or, you know, there's it's been a long season, whatever it may be. These guys are coming in fresh. So it's almost like, but it's, and it's obviously a team game, but as a coach, you always have to speak to each individual about themselves um, and how they fit into the whole team thing. So it's a great issue to have on the field. It's a tough issue to have with the individual player, but that's a part of the gig. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we have great teammates here. And whilst it, it might be hard, um, I, I know that the guys will be respectful of the decision because, again, I the only thing I'm tasked with is, is putting the group that I think is the most ready, given what we're trying to achieve tactically, to, to get the result. And if we win as a group, everyone always wins as individuals. Yeah, 100% group. Uh... Group success breeds individual glory, right? That's it. Yeah. Well said, Trey. All right, Pablo. Well, good luck in L.A., obviously. And then uh, we'll look for six points in Galaxy and home against Portland. And then as we saw last year, anything can happen once you're, once you're in the dance. And I thought you said it right because that Kansas City regular season game was a playoff game for us last year. And here we are um, going to a place where we've won more road games than any other place in our club's history. I know you're not big on history and trends because it's all about the 90 minutes that's in front of you, but for guys like me, that's always encouraging. No, that's encouraging to me as well. And uh, again, I think as athletes and and coaches, I think there's there's always a long slog when you look at the the schedule um, in February (laughs) and you think, how are we going to get to October? Yeah. Uh, And here we are, and and now we have – the opportunity without anyone else's help to to make it to the playoffs and and so this is what we fought for this is where we are and i'm excited about the opportunity i know the guys are chomping at the bit to get on the field on saturday and do whatever we can to get those three points um one last thing like i think it's easy for us as fans or people on the outside to look back at certain games where points were dropped and say oh you know if we had this if we had this we'd be third or fourth and not seventh or eighth or whatever. But I guess the hope is that you learn lessons from those mistakes that cause the drop points and and you apply those against L.A. and Portland and, and continue to grow, and that's effectively peaking at the right time, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the right no, way to look I, at I that? No, I think you're right. And, and unfortunately, I think too often um, we haven't really learned those lessons uh, where where I think when we were in a good way in the season, we quickly learned it, absorbed it, and executed it the next game. Where, again, I, I also think that there's a pressure component as well. Mm. And it's one, one thing to be a team um, and be comfortable with kind of creeping up from the bottom. It's another perspective to really hold a position higher up in the table because there's, there's more pressure. Sure. Teams are going to come at you differently than they would otherwise. Mm. And so there's a pressure component, but I think, you know, given what we've been through, we are in a, a great position given what we, you know, what we've experienced in the last couple of weeks where we've been playing well in Austin and end up conceding three goals in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think the onus is now on us to really put all those experiences together 
in, in one 90-minute performance to come away with three points. Awesome. Appreciate your time. Good luck in L.A., and uh, we'll catch up next week. Thanks, bud. Appreciate All it. Right. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, for listening, for downloading, sharing, subscribing your favorite Real Salt Lake podcast, Bleeding Claret and Cobalt. We appreciate the love, the support, and really want to deliver to you everything you are looking for from a Real Salt Lake discussion perspective. I am Trey Fitzgerald. That is Ryan Hale. You can find us on our personal social handles, which are often tagged, at Claret Cobalt on both Twitter and Instagram. You can find us at anchor.fm slash Claret and Cobalt. You can also email us rsltrey at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Hopefully we'll have some playoff editions of the show coming up. Otherwise, we'll uh, we'll get into offseason, uh, some big RSL history pods as well, and, of course, World Cup coming up in late November. Thank you so much for listening, sharing, and being part of the RSL family.